This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Stunning victory for, um, you know, abortion uh, yesterday. In the <laughs> Stunning Court. victory for the death of millions of children. Yeah. Hey, uh, yay! Yeah! Yay! Millions more will die. That's <laughs> great. We're talking about a woman's right to choose here, if you don't mind. Oh, I'm sorry. Stu. I thought we were on a different topic. I thought we were talking about the, like, my, my belief was this procedure would end in the death of the child. Well, um, yes, and it does. But what about the woman's right to choose to do with her body as she, as she pleases? What about that? Uh, her body? Yes. Okay, so, mm-hmm. yeah, she can do what she wants with her body. Okay. What about the, the body of the child? <laughs> what does she... Oh, you mean the tissue? <laughs> Great. But what's it? What is it? Like when it's born? Is I it? don't know. It yeah, could be a when spoon. It's born, I don't know. Stu. Hmm? When it's born. Yeah, Before we'll then, see. If it's allowed to, you know, uh, be born, so it may turn not, into something, but we don't know. So it's not, it doesn't move around. It might be it a Volkswagen Beetle. I don't know what it is. For example, it doesn't have, it doesn't. Right, no heartbeat, no moving around inside. Yeah, my uh, my second oldest daughter uh, just went in for an ultrasound. She's like, you know, six weeks. Wow. Heard the heard the uh, heard the heartbeat. That's, that's the got, coolest got time ch- early on. Yeah, I got a chance to see the you know the the first ultrasound of the baby. I mean, I, I don't know how you do this. I really don't know how you do it. You hear the heartbeat in just a, a couple of weeks. You're hearing the heartbeat already. It's 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 only because it's solely because society has come to a place in which it's acceptable. Like the decision was made before this generation is is alive, and so you walk right. into a world in which every like for example, how the hell do some of the founders even any of the people alive of that era actually agree with slavery? Well, they walked into a world in which everyone had slaves. Right. So it That's was the true. acceptable norm. Right. And they were like, well, I mean, everyone else has had them for a long time. I mean, you know, I, it doesn't seem right. Some people question it. Some people question it and did it anyway, as we've uh, as we talked about uh, last week. And the problem was, you know, and they couldn't stop it in that case. They couldn't they couldn't stop it because there were laws against stopping it. Then they tried to change the laws. Great Britain overrode those. Mm hmm. And then when we had self-determination, they did end the slave trade as soon as they could, which was 1808. 
and then, uh, you know, took an actual war to end slavery completely. Um, but you're right. And they, they came into that world and and are uh, we've got whole generations of kids who have come into that world where it's just something they just accept as a woman's right to choose. And they don't go any deeper than that. Yeah, it's just I mean, and it's become such a toxic topic to talk about with your friends that no one does it. And, you know, they it just winds up never being questioned. I yeah. mean, the idea that right to choose has anything to do with this topic shows how pathetic the way we handle it is. You can make the decision. If you want to make the decision and say, well, that's not a baby, it's nothing. I mean, obviously that's absurd. As soon uh, as we let them get away with the right to choose bullcrap. Yeah, it's not about a woman's right we to lost. choose. Yeah. A woman's right to choose. I c- women can choose whatever they want when it doesn't end another human life. I don't care what they choose. They can choose to be with Jeffy, which is, I mean, as bad an outcome and one as of them, death. One of them actually has, which is... I don't think she realized. Again, like, she probably know. walked into a world in which it seemed reasonable to marry Jeffy. Yeah, at the time. At the time, it seemed like, well, why not? I don't see you how know? that's possible, but okay. I don't either. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, don't no, know. but it's, it is what I think it's... It's We've gone so far beyond what is rational with this. And, and, and... It's the one topic that, like, you know, I guess you're not supposed to talk about it, and it's supposed to be controversial, but it's like, it's so, it's so obvious. Now, let me ask There is an obvious agenda here that pushes people, uh, you know, to just, because it's easy, right? Glenn's even discussed this. This is where he was, back when you knew him, um, Pat, years and years ago, when he was pro-choice. At least he describes himself as pro-choice. And he said, you know, I kind of was pro-choice because I wanted to have the option. If I screwed up and something bad happened and it was a baby I didn't want, you know, I mean, I could at least get out of it. I mean, that's a, that's where I think a lot of people are. Hey, why am I going to question this thing that inc- that could quote unquote benefit me in the future? I could get out of a, a, a of, of a problematic sticky issue, a sticky mm-hmm. situation in my life, and not have to deal with it. So, since everyone else is already kind of saying it's okay, it's legal, why bother questioning it? Yeah. You know, I think we're a lot of a lot of people are there, and it's the same thing with slavery. I don't know. Should we be? Uh, I don't know. Imprisoning all these black people and making them do all of our work for us? I don't know. But if we they don't do it, we're gonna have to do it. You know, I mean, they're kind of helping us out here. Don't question it. You know, you accept the mm-hmm. thing that's kind of standard and given to you because it benefits you. I mean, I mean, purely that is what it is. And I don't think a lot of people go through that thought process um, outwardly or uh, consciously. But that is what is occurring. I mean, you can't go down these roads and say, well, it's about the... I mean, look, yes, of course a baby dies, but I want the, the woman's choice uh, triumphs over that. Like, what? That makes no sense. Nobody... You, again, you wouldn't do it a second after birth. 84% of the American public says the last trimester it shouldn't happen. Over 60 or 65% of the American people say it shouldn't happen in the second trimester. I mean, when people have the decision to make because there's a baby that can actually come out, cry, and crawl, they all make the right decision. It's just a matter of, well, it doesn't quite look like a fully formed baby yet, so I've got a window to make to get rid of it. That's a bad decision to make. It's a bad way to make a decision, for sure. Again, I always wind up uh, respecting... More someone like crazy Sandra Fluke who comes out and says, yeah, no, nah, just freaking do it whenever. I don't care. Was it one second before birth? Ah, totally fine. At least you're admitting you're killing children. 
at least you're there. And you don't try to say it's going to be safe, legal, and rare. You just say you want it to be safe and legal. And you leave out the rare part. Why, why, why rare? I don't think they care that much about safe based on this uh, Supreme Court decision. Yeah. Um, because it was, you know, is it about reducing the amount of, of abortions? Uh, of course it is. But it's also about safety for women. And they claim that that's, you know, the abortion supporters claim that's one of the things they're all about. Well, they wanted access to a hospital nearby if anything went wrong during the abortion. They can get them to a hospital and get them proper medical care because you don't have it in a Planned Parenthood. You don't you don't have proper medical care available there if anything goes wrong. Why do you want to it's all struck down access? Right. And and because of the restrictive access. So you don't give a rat's ass about nope. their safety. You don't care if they bleed to death on the way to the hospital. That doesn't matter to you. What matters to the abortion supporters is the abortion and and the money that flows from it and the ability to remove uh, an issue from your life if you don't want it, if you're not ready for it. I mean, yeah. It's really despicable. Yeah, um, Chris Hayes from MSNBC, obviously a big liberal and a big uh, abortion supporter, um, talked about this on, on Twitter and he wrote, uh, you know, here, here's what's so crazy about the Texas abortion case. The entire case is predicated on an obvious lie clear to everyone involved. The lie is that the law was not passed with the explicit goal of restricting women's access to abortions. Now, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know if anybody's lying about that. I mean, of course I, it was. They were yeah. saying that the people, maybe the people in the case did it because they knew they're trying to win the Supreme Court's case. And they say, look, we're trying to, you know, to make it more safe. That is part of it. I mean, they are trying it to make it part. more safe. Sure. If it's going to happen, you'd rather sure. have it safe. For We'd the like mother. to, to be safe for be, the baby as well. But I mean, it. Uh, I don't know if other people have problems uh, admitting it, but I don't. My uh, explicit goal is to limit the amount of abortions. I yeah. want less mm, yeah. children to die. Yeah. That is my explicit, stated mm. goal. And you know what? Every Republican red state is and should try to continue to pass laws that make it more difficult uh, and less uh, less walk into a Walmart and pick up a bag of, uh, of, of potato chips it should be less that process. It should be more thinking, more time, more hurdles to go through. You're ending the life of a person. There should be a hurdle so high you can't clear it. That should be the hurdle. Mm -hmm. However, that is not what the law is at the moment. So if then you should make a, a hurdle high enough that it's difficult to clear. It is completely my stated goal, and I hope that they continue to do this in state after state after state. Someone on uh, Reddit, which is a very liberal site, posted this horror story, Pat. One woman had to drive 600 miles to oh, get no. her abortion. Oh, my God. You had to spend eight hours? Eight, a, a third of a day to kill a child? How <laughs> dare this system... They made well, you all oh my that's you're talking maybe the entire trilogy, not the entire trilogy of Lord of the Rings, but most of the trilogy to go kill a all you wanted to do is stop a heartbeat and dismember a baby. And you got to spend two of the three movies of Lord of the Rings to do it. Wow. What an undue burden on you personally. Certainly there's not an undue burden on the child who's now in a dish. But the nice undue burden for you to have to drive in your car and transport that thing that's alive to kill it. Wow, what a burden. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe we live in a world where we'd allow something like that to happen. Oh.
Whoa! I mean, just turn the country uh, off if you got to make a person travel. Of course, you could. I guess you could mm-hmm. fly it in an hour, uh, but you know, she had to drive it. She didn't have an airplane ticket. That's that would have cost another one hundred and fifty dollars, probably. I think, uh, uh, to tie into Pat Gray's idea yesterday, uh, we should do some crowdfunding and uh, get some lunch trucks, abortion trucks, and just drive mm-hmm. neighborhood abortion trucks. Mm-hmm. Is that the ice cream man? Oh nope, that's no, just saying, the abortion just guy. The abortion truck. And drive through the neighborhoods, yeah. on-demand abortions, right then. I think that is a tremendous idea. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if that's all it means to people, why not? Yeah. If, if you just Wait, do that, don't want to restrict access, just coming through the neighborhoods. I mean, it's I, unbelievable. And it's like, I, 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 I love the idea. It's so entertaining to see people on the left say things like, well, what we need to do is uh, point out that people on the right are just passing these laws that they say are beneficial, but in reality, they're trying to, to get rid of this process completely. Uh, have you thought about the Second Amendment lately in your approach to it? That's what you do on every Second Amendment issue. Now, I will remind you, the Second Amendment actually exists in the Constitution. So there's a Abortion huge difference. Not. Abortion and the does Privacy not. Amendment does, does not. not. However, the Second Amendment explicitly is in the Constitution, and you're constantly passing laws that you say are common-sense measures and are actually designed to get rid of guns or as close to it as possible. Yes, that is what they're doing with abortion. Yes, a lot of the motivation is they want people to not have abortions. Yes. However, there is, uh, that is something that they are, are I, I believe, is right. And you can obviously argue with that. However, there's no constitutional protection for it. There is no constitutional right to an abortion. They get crazy, over, and and they should get crazy over 30 people being killed in in a uh, in a mass shooting. That's terrible. We're talking about 55 million people since 1973. 55 million. That's more than the Holocaust. That's more than the Holodomor. That's 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 more than those two things combined. I mean, it, and they don't care. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they don't really can't, they don't give a rat's ass. Outside about of it. infectious disease, the only thing ahead of it now is communism. Yep. Really, it's just just communism, yep. global communism, mm-hmm. since it was invented, has killed over 100 million people. We're going to get there, though, fairly soon. We are. Yes. I mean, because communism has been largely discredited, or at least we thought, in, you know, in the, in the mid-90s, it really started fading away. There's only really North Korea and Cuba that are purely communist countries anymore. And even Cuba is starting to open its doors a little bit. Uh, you know, but that is, uh, I mean, we're going to catch them. American yeah. abortion will catch yeah. communism as the greatest killer outside of uh, infect- infectious they, disease. They don't care. And they don't care. It doesn't matter to them. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stoop. You know, you can start your short-term emergency food supply uh, today, and without a huge cost. This is the great thing. You don't have to spend fifty or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars on this. You spend ten dollars, and that will get you a supply of uh, great food for three full days. A seventy-two hour emergency food supply. Ten Again, bucks. Ten bucks is a very... How many hours do I have to drive to get this? Six hundred miles. I mean, well, you don't even. They'll bring it well, to you at your house. Well, they'll bring it no, to you if, if you're six hundred miles away. They'll actually deliver it. Yeah, they'll so. still deliver. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. You won't have to drive to do it. Um, you'll be able to, for ten dollars to be able to get three days of, of really good food instead of the you know hey here's a bunch of oats just uh, moisten your mouth and hope it turns into oatmeal inside your mouth. 
That's that's not what they're requiring here. What they're going it to usually doesn't either. Even if way. you have one of those hand grinders or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're going to grind it into wheat or flour, I don't, I don't, you don't know, know what the process no, exactly. Don't. I don't okay. know what happens. And then you cook it, and then you got to have a campfire or right. something in a pan. I, I, I don't know. As scary you as don't it, have to do any of that. Yeah, as scary as the scenario is, there <laughs> there are things that could happen in which you can't get Mac and Cheetos at your, uh, you know, beck and call. Can't imagine that could like. happen. Could For example, happen. there are times that, you know, donuts aren't just left at your desk, right? right? That's you know, true. like so, right. you How might have people to... live in a world like that. I don't know. In a world where donuts aren't <laughs> left at your desk. <laughs> so in that world, you better have my Patriot Supply, 888-411-6844, or preparewiththeblaze.com. It's preparewiththeblaze.com. Check it out. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's. I mean, it's not going to sell your home. I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Are you trying to answer the question uh, that we just got tweeted from Elizabeth, who asked, Mm -hmm. is Brexit resisting the collectivization of manufacture? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe. Are they, are they, is it the uh, institutionalization of the human psyche? Of the human psyche. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't sure that's where you were going. I just, just totally guessed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yes, it is. It is? is Okay. It is confirmed. All right, good. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Go knock someone up, uh, you know, uh, in in Texas. Um, That is the uh, big uh, uh, reaction from The Daily Show on the Texas abortion ruling. Go knock somebody up in Texas. That's very sensitive and a a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Just randomly knock somebody up. Yeah, no, it's good. It's funny. Um, Jenny's lived that uh, rule of thumb his entire life, and look how well it's worked for him. Right? Maybe turn on your microphone. Now, you know what? I honestly Why think, is this so insensitive? <laughs> from now on, when Jeffy talks about his mic on, we should just mm-hmm. act like it's on. Uh-huh. We should. We're just going to treat, treat it as if he th- we are listening intently and the audience can hear him. Because right. it's certainly better than what you typically would say. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the, know, I think that's a new policy. If my mic was off, my right. microphone was off. Okay, so give me your pitch on The Daily Show here. No, I'm confused why it was so insensitive. I mean, they all believe that abortion is okay. Yeah, no, it's I, all right. They're happy for it. So go knock somebody up. I don't understand why. I, I mean, was it, who cares? I will say I do agree with you here. Um, if you think, if you believe that it is, there's nothing wrong with it, why would this be offensive? And again, their reaction to it shows how right. obvious how it is that they it know is. it's not okay. The reaction right. was, um, friends were certainly not promoting abortions. Why? why? It's a wonderful choice that people make. It's a great thing. If it's bad, you should be against it. If it's fine and good, why not promote abortions? Why not put a commercial for abortions on your website? I don't know why. Um, but again, they're excited about letting people choose, but they're not promoting abortions. Why? Why aren't you? Um, Chelsea Handler, um, good day for Comedy Central. I'll go. Chelsea Handler left there. She's at Netflix now. Um, but she writes an essay for an emotional essay 
for Playboy magazine. Um, if you're going to write an emotional that's where you essay, go. that's where you go. You go directly to Playboy, I Jeffy, think. Jeffy, is that's... Playboy emotional, would you say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, she uh, said she had a couple abortions, um, which is the literally the least surprising fact ever uh, <laughs> that has ever come out. Uh, I mean, she might even admit that. Uh, that it's not surprising at all. But she says uh, she uh, went under she went under one abortion procedure. She's talked about that before. She had a second one within the same year when she was 16. She attributed her irresponsible decisions as a teenager to being very bad stage in her life, saying she hated her parents and was having unprotected sex with her boyfriend. Hmm. Um, she couldn't find her home, way home at night. Her parents recognized that, so they acted like parents um, and took her to Planned Parenthood. That's what she says, acting like parents. It's actually, if you don't want to be a parent is when you go to Planned Parenthood. If you're acting like a parent, then you don't go to Planned Parenthood. Right. Uh, that's kind of a weird thing to understand. Um, but her, uh, she wrote a funny... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to put... There's about 15 sets of air quotes. Funny uh, commercial about it and saying that she uh, um, uh, does not have to go anywhere today because of these abortions. She doesn't have to go to Disneyland, Legoland, Color Me Mine, Build-A-Bear, Yogurtland, and the zoo. I don't have to go to any of those places, not once ever. Um, freaking Yogurtland is awesome. I love yogurt land. I would go there. I go there all the time without my kids. It's a fantastic place. Now some of the other ones are a little kid oriented, but freaking yogurt land. Don't try. Don't freaking bash yogurt land. Uh, we're talking dozens of toppings, new flavors rotated in all the time, which a lot of these other yogurt places are not doing. I don't know if you've noticed this. They got the same eight flavors every time you go. Yogurt land. It's got 12 or 16 flavors, and they're rotating new ones in monthly, sometimes bi-weekly, Pat. Wow. This, this message not brought to you by Yogurtland. It's brought to you by me, who loves Yogurtland. Apparently. I'm, I'm sensitive So that's the thing I'm really from. passionate about here. Not that yeah. she murdered a couple kids, that. but uh, that, uh, you know, Yogurtland's getting bashed. I, don't, I do yeah, not like that. don't like that. I do not like that. Don't I like honestly, that. again... Same premise here, Jeffy. Um, why would you have a problem with her talking about, right. uh, hey, I don't have to go anywhere, so I don't have any kids to deal with. You can't have any problem with it if you're okay with abortion. The sheer unadulterated selfishness. Yeah, I killed these two human beings. So that I can uh, not go to Legoland. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you don't have kids, if you have kids, you can not go to Legoland, too. Yep. Uh, you can do other things with them. But, uh, it's it, amazing. what you might actually enhance your life, too. I don't know if uh, anybody has ever told her. Maybe she's not been around great kids or... Who knows? But what an idiot! And in her story, she talks about uh, I was initially I had hoped to keep the baby. When my parents stepped in to combat my ridiculous behavior, I began to realize the severity of the problem. Amazing! Yeah, her ridiculous behavior was sleeping with her boyfriend in unprotected sex repeatedly. That that was the bad behavior. I mean, uh, I, and again, I will say, you know, you could sit here and say, "Oh, this is some idiot Hollywood person," and you'd be right. But uh, let 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 me remind you, I don't want him punished with a baby. It's the same right. mentality. It, it the is. same mentality. It is. Uh, and and look, I, I want to be really clear here uh, because this is a sensitive issue. I want to be really clear. No one wants Chelsea Handler around children. It's it would be terrible. <laughs> Uh, we do not want her to have children. We do not want her to be a parent. We are not advocating her being a parent in any way, shape, or form. What we are advocating would be adoption in this particular case. Because she's right. Absolutely 1,000% mm-hmm. should not have children. However, 
there's not I don't think the child should be given the death penalty to prove that point. I think perhaps maybe an adoption would have been an appropriate answer to that. But I agree with you, Chelsea. New kids for you. Got it. We are on the same page Mm -hmm. on that particular point. Mm -hmm. Matt Walsh wrote about this on The Blaze. You know, he this is going to surprise you. He did not like the decision uh, by the Supreme Court. Yeah, he he seemed like he was I thought he was just going to be indifferent. You yeah, you know, I thought he'd be like, I, I, you know what? The abortion ruling, neither I here nor really there. I thought of it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, today the high priests of the Supreme Court waived their royal scepters and sum- summarily abolished a reasonable and necessary law passed by the elected representatives of the people of Texas. After conducting a seance to discuss the matter with the writers of the 14th Amendment, it confirmed <laughs> that those men meant to protect the God-given inalienable right of women to procure abortions at unregulated clinics. They just forgot to put that part in there, which I look, you know, everyone's can be forgetful. You know, we, we all have an oopsie sometimes. Uh, and then it happens from time mm. to time. Not only do women have a right to execute their children, it turns out, but the right is so sacrosanct that they must not be forced to drive for 45 minutes to obtain one. In other words, women have a right to kill their kids conveniently. Right. You that want is it really to be what they're saying. Yeah. You want it to be convenient if you're going to murder your child. I don't want to have to drive clear across the state for that. No, that's too, <laughs> right. too, too much. I mean. What if I'm irritated with them right now? Right. I, then I, I, I don't want to have to get into a car and drive a long yeah. way. Hashtag mommy's choice. Does that, does that choice run out at the time of birth? Why then? Why not when they're 14 and they're just really annoying at school? They have a bad day and they're really giving, you know, you want, they want to go to Build-A-Bear? You're yeah. telling me you shouldn't oh, be able to do that? I give you Mr. 793rd trimester over yeah. here. We should be able to abort Jeffrey. Right, right now if we want to because he irritates me. And and I'd have to <laughs> if I wanted to perform an abortion on him, I got to drive an hour and a half. No, that's wrong. No, that's that wrong. is wrong. That's wrong. Um, Matt Walsh goes on though to uh, to advocate something specific. The time for civil disobedience is now. On Tenth Amendment grounds, on the grounds of justice, on the grounds of human decency, on the grounds of saving lives, on the grounds of truth, morality, righteousness, mm-hmm. Texas should tell the court to go to hell. In those nice. words, preferably, the governor should come out tonight and declare his intention to enforce the state's law regardless. Yes! When will someone stand Thank up you, for Thank you, Matt. Uh, conservatives all uh, agree that they're acting outside of the law and have been mm. for some time. Mm-hmm. We agree that there are rogue ty- they are rogue tyrants imposing their perverse will on the country. We agree they have no actual legal authority to pass down royal decrees. Mm-hmm. What then are we going to do about it? Uh, so that's for Matt Walsh. You can see that uh, here. Uh, read that on the Blaze. And uh, I mean, look, he's really good. He is. And if you've not read his, you know, uh, his articles, if you're if you're not familiar with his work, familiar, familiarize yourself. With and particularly him. on he's this great. topic. I mean, you know, because it, 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 great. it is something that so many people are afraid to talk about. So many people are worried mm-hmm. about the way they talk about it. And he's look, not. You can be. I, I'm not a guy. I'm not a fetus truck guy. Like, I don't own a fetus, tr- fetus truck with the big fetuses on the side. You know, oh, you need I to get one. You need to get one. I mean, I rent one when, okay. I, you know, when I need it, but I you don't, but I don't okay. own it. You're I, just I saying you don't own, own it. You lease it. I lease okay. to own good. Good. my fetus truck. So, I mean, I get that there is a, there is a place to go too far um, in, the, in the idea of, because, I mean, yeah, I think it is really this bad. However, like, you're not winning anybody with fetus trucks, in my opinion. There are, but having a reasoned, logical uh, debate with somebody um, who I, you know uh, who disagrees with this, I think is 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 something that is required. I've said this before, and I honestly mean it. All of the things we talk about, we talk about raising taxes, and we talk about all of these policies. 
we could if we ended our lives and all we accomplished was getting rid of this and we failed on all of those other things. We had 80 percent tax rates. We had huge regulation on businesses. All of that. We would have done our jobs if we just did this one thing. It's that important. We're talking about millions of lives from all different races and creeds and sexes. This is the only thing that really should matter. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, you, you can't do a show. You, you, no one wants to listen to that every day. I got it. But I mean, think about it from your own, from an actual like perspective of you go to the pearly gates and you say, look, we really blew it on taxes. They were 93 percent. But we did save 55 million babies. I think you're getting in. Mm hmm. I think you got a good mm -hmm. shot at getting in. If, if you care about that, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I think I, I do think it's that dramatic. It is so far and away the biggest issue as far as at the end of your life, what would be important? It's so far and away the biggest issue uh, that only something like I mean, I, you know, I think you can make maybe the argument of global communism, as we talked about, even more lives. But outside mm -hmm. of that, I don't know what else is even I don't even comp what competes with it. It's certainly not a small business taxes. No. You know, and none of that no. stuff. And I care about that stuff. It's, not, it's certainly not stopping global warming regulation. It's certainly not, uh, hey, we need soda taxes. It's none of those. Uh, so anyway, you know, I had to bring it back to soda eventually. And thank you for doing uh, that. Because I, I really don't like the soda tax. The abortion and the soda tax. Pretty close, right? <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents to it coming up. Glenn Beck freaked me out. Uh, Glenn did a segment uh, called I'm Old, I'm Fat, and it's never going to get any better than this. I needed to do something drastic. I'm older and getting fatter and the same thing is happening. Uh, and I've decided uh, I'm going to just starve myself. The problem I was having was food. I would rather completely open the borders, then lose access to queso. I'm going to stick with the 5,000 calories, but I'm going to spread it out a little bit over 10 days. Wow. It's dramatic. Um, I hope you feel my pain. Wow. That By the way, that's uh, beautiful. coming up uh, this Friday on the season finale of The Wonderful World of Stew. It's already the season finale? Yeah. You put in a full, what, three episodes this year? 12 episodes. Whoa. There's no did way do you four? did 12 episodes. Yeah. 12 episodes. Stu. Yeah. You liar. We're on for three months, off for three you months. You might have created 12 bits, but that doesn't count as episodes. No, it's 12. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much freaking work you have to do those damn things? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do. Yeah, I do. sucks. I do. Uh, but uh, they're, uh, yeah. So the last one we got, uh, the Starvumentary, in which I try to eat only 5,000 calories spread out over 10 days. When did you do this? Uh, it was a couple of yeah. weeks ago. It was, uh, a, it was painful. Did you, did were, you really do it? Is I there did footage it. of you falling over and having to be rushed to the hospital? <laughs> and so you did, you did 500 calories a day? Yeah, approximately. Yeah, I, did, I had it so I could kind of like, you know, I could go over a little bit one day, go under another day, but it was about an average of 500 a day. Wow. Um, and did you it, lose weight? Uh, yeah, it does work. Um, uh, it's I bet it would. Uh, it's How much you lose? Torture. Well, I can't, that's the end of the documentary. I mean, you're gonna well, look. tell me. 
If we're just guessing well, the documentary. Yeah, because. <laughs> it was just weird. I gained 30 pounds. Yeah, okay, Glenn was, Beck. He ate 5,000 calories in and the first is, hour. That, is, that's what Glenn's always telling us. I have eaten nothing but water and broth. Broth with onions in it yep. for 97 days in a row. And how much weight have you lost? gained nine pounds. <laughs> Every time. What? And I'm like, I don't know. He's got some what? unique health challenges is the way I would put that. Uh, but, I mean, it's almost impossible. Like, it's I, all, it's, I, and I said it's to him, all but impossible. I said to him, this was off the air, I said, the most likely reason is that you're lying. <laughs> yes. I want to make I mean, sure yes, you know. Let's be You've clear cheated that we on your diet. Yes, yeah. and remember when he was at one point when he was talking about uh, being home with Rafe on the weekend and yeah. raiding right. Oreo cookies from right. the drawer. Right. right. I guess those don't count. Well, I think well, there's you know, and I and I, I summarized uh, the possibilities into he's lying, which there's a little bit more to it than that because he also has all of his food made for him. And his food, it's all unbelievable. Right. Like, he gets all the best food. Yeah. And God only knows what oils and butters and whatever else is being dumped in there. He's like, look, it's just broth. Actually, that's heavy cream. What you're, you're eating there is, is heavy cream. Uh, but he always does this. And, and I don't know. I mean, like, I know he certainly doesn't exercise. Uh, you know. No. And, but he like, was for a while, though. He, he, he was doing real good. Yeah. Um, you know, 30 years ago, yeah, yeah, when yeah I first no, met no, no, him, no, no, he, he was, was, he was exercising no, he was. a lot then. I think a lot of it, too, is he, he is one of these guys that changes diets every couple weeks. Yeah. Yes. So, like, he'll go low-carb for two weeks. Right. Then he'll go low-calorie mm-hmm. for two mm-hmm. weeks. Then he'll go gluten-free for two weeks. I'm not losing anything. And I'm not losing anything. Well, you're, you're never actually getting to that point where you're going to start losing weight, probably, because he's not, like, doing... I mean, he said he was doing, I think, 800 calories a day, which is not a starvumentary, but it is pretty much. But that's not a lot. That's really low calorie. You should be doing, what, 2,300, 2,400? I mean, 500 500 a day. We were talking about this as we were putting this, uh, the starvumentary together for Wonderful World of Stew. Like, 500 calories a day is like one bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich at McDonald's for a whole day. Yeah. Now, you, you yeah. have that, and you're like, uh, that's it? I mean, your day's right. over. So, like, of course, I was trying, uh, you know, you try to eat salads. You have a big, you know, bag of broccoli. Uh, you, 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 uh, you have egg white omelets. I ate a lot of egg white I mean, omelets. Four simple to lose bars are 450 calories. Right. I mean, simple to lose bar, you know, you're talking about a, a granola bar. They're, a bar, they're yeah. good, but I mean, still, it's like, it's not a lot of food. No. Uh, so, you, it, it, <laughs> you wind up basically changing, like, now all I do is think about food. When you're doing that, like it, it just changes the way you feel. It's a real. It was really interesting to go through. And anyway, so anyway, I hope you find it interesting too. It's on the Wonderful mm-hmm. Wonderful uh, season finale. That's this Friday night, 8 p.m. Uh, on the Blaze, and and you should watch it because well, I mean, why else would I do it? Certainly not to lose weight. I'm about to. We're about to go on vacation. I'm going to be gaining it all back anyway. Um, so uh, also this past uh, week on the Wonderful World Shoot, Stu, we went through some real history. A lot of people don't understand that we do serious history on the wonderful world of Stu. I mean, a lot of a lot of people call it academic rumors that we're going to be in the Smithsonian. The whole show, like I guess all of it, because a lot of, of all the history. People call it brainiacish. Yeah, it's a little uh, too. It goes yeah. over people's heads. It does uh, at yeah. times, and it's a yeah. you know it's a little too much. Mm-hmm. However, uh, it's we almost felt, elitist. It is a little you know? elitist. It's a right? little elitist. Yeah. It's a little wonky. A little elitist, mm-hmm. and I understand that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you're getting into <laughs> serious history. You have to know the truth, and, and we went, took on one of the biggest, uh, most popular presidents of all time, and really his story 
about how he uh, became well-known and one of the things that's most well-known about him. It's the truth behind Teddy Roosevelt. Watch. And now, another great moment in progressive history. 1902, Mississippi, somewhere in the woods. President Theodore Roosevelt and several other men are hunting their way across the countryside. Under the president's one condition, Roosevelt would not be required to shoot any animals. Contrary to his public persona as a manly man, Theodore was deeply sensitive and loved animals, even following a diet more vegan even veganism. Yes, if it had a head, Theodore would not touch it, including lettuce, evidently, despite the numerous scientists that tried to assure him that lettuce was not, in fact, an animal. While his bloodthirsty compatriots mowed down every woodland creature they came across, Theodore followed and provided heartfelt memorials and opened his soul with long poems about each fallen hero of the animal kingdom. Rest in peace, Foxy the Fox, Tom the Turkey, Rocky the Raccoon, Larry the Lettuce. Following three days of ceaseless bloodlust, the men spot their biggest game yet, a black bear. I mean, <clears throat> sorry, an African-American bear. Theodore stares deep into the bear's big velvety brown eyes, wide with fear, as the hunters take position and aim their rifles. Just then, Sarah McLaughlin emerged from the bushes and began singing that song that even makes abandoned animals cry. The time had come for President Roosevelt to take a stand. Yes, it was time to lay down the $250 adoption fee and appropriate paperwork to give this bear a forever home. Visions of a future together danced before Theodore's eyes. Lazy afternoons at the bear park, positive bear training courses at the local Petco, and late-night snuggle sessions filled with lengthy deep gazes and a soft caress. However, the president's daydream was rudely interrupted when he noticed the bear was probably rabid. The telltale sign being the particularly violent way he was shredding the flesh of one of his co-workers. Theodore wept some more manly tears, knowing poor Barry the bear had no real quality of life. Plus, chicks don't pick up on dudes with slobbering, murderous bears. It was time to put Barry down in the most humane and caring way possible. That's when Theodore had his friend tie the animal to a tree and shoot it point blank in the f***ing head. But it wasn't the shotgun that killed Barry the bear. It was the love. Not long after, the newspapers got wind of the president's unbridled compassion, and he was glowingly presented to the public as a hero, both for not killing the bear himself and also for killing the bear. So popular was this story that stores began selling stuffed bears named after Theodore, and thus was born the teddy bear. So remember, kids, your cute little fuzzy late-night companion was actually named after the cranial annihilation of a defenseless little African-American animal. An animal Roosevelt couldn't even muster the courage to murder himself. Because, you know, compassion and stuff. And on that day, while the bear did suffer via shotgun blast to the head, Teddy Roosevelt saved eight heads of lettuce. And that's another great moment in progressive history. I mentioned this yesterday, and I think it's interesting we to actually see this in action. Patton Oswalt, big 
lifetime leftist uh, you know, comedian, and you know most mm -hmm. comedians are going to be leftists. But he's why hardcore. is that, by the way? Why is that? I don't know. It's certainly Thinking about true, that though. with rock stars, with Hollywood uh, actors, with almost every entertainment person. Yeah, they're they're lefties. Yes, the, the exceptions are country music and sports. Yeah, you can find some uh, even a lot of sports yeah, celebrities of sports are still are, yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this, so we were talking about these LGBTQ issues and how it's, you know, at times, like we laughed about this yesterday. Like I don't even know. It's not that he, even you left if you out the silent ass. So in the silent ass, even mm -hmm. if you try to keep up with these issues, you can't do it. And I mentioned this from Patton Oswalt. His special is uh, "Talking for Clapping." It's on. Uh, on it's a stand-up special on mm -hmm. uh, Netflix. You can watch it. Um, and this is a guy who's mega liberal. Mm -hmm. Listen to him talk about it and being, as, as Pat will point out, liberals eating their own. But look, I mean, this is honest frustration, I think, from this guy. Watch. Look, I could not be a more committed, progressive, feminist, pro-gay, pro-transgender person. But I cannot keep up with the glossary of correct terms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I want to help, but holy <laughs> they change, It's like a secret club password. They change it every week, and then you're in trouble. That's not the word we use. <laughs> Just It was last week. <laughs> I have hemorrhoids. My <laughs> is falling out. I want to help. I know I'm an old, cis, white <laughs> But don't give me because I didn't know the right term. <laughs> RuPaul, RuPaul got in for saying tranny. Ru RuPaul, RuPaul, who she laid down on the barbed wire of discrimination throughout the 70s and 80s no so this kidding. new generation could run across her back and yell at her for saying tranny. No kidding. What the f***? That's a fact. That's a good It's thing. legitimate that frustration is, there. That is. <laughs> Did RuPaul get in trouble by somebody? I, I don't remember somebody? that story. Uh, but Wow, uh, that's for crazy. Tranny, and that's, it's, that's crazy. It is, it is. So uh, and it, this is kind of an interesting <laughs> clip as well in that, like, we always talk about how, like, things are getting better, and we and a lot of times we'll hear, it was like the thing with racism today, where they were saying, oh, well, they're the pool, the kids in the pool that are doing bad things are black, and they must recall all of these posters. We've come to the point now that we've solved a lot of these issues, and people are just overwhelmingly uh, just looking for oppression now. Uh, here's a story Bat Oswalt telling about uh, a friend of his who is gay. Watch. Then he moved to L.A., came out of the closet, told his parents. Parents went, duh. Now he's, he's happy. He's married, he's happy, running a business. But he has a nephew who goes to his old high school. And so he's really protective of this kid because his nephew is openly, proudly, defiantly gay, going to high school. And my friend is like, if anyone gives him I will burn that town to the grave. He's so protective. And I, and I get it. So... He went back for Thanksgiving, uh, and he's talking to his nephew, and he goes, is everything okay at that school? You know, I went there. I didn't have the best time. If you ever want to, like, talk to me about it, or how are things? Are they, are, they, are they oppressive? Are they mean? And his nephew started choking up and said, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty rough there, you know. Um, 
are still really oppressive, and it's it's pretty it's pretty harsh. And my friend, the way he put it to me was my 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 inner Liam Neeson woke up. Right. <laughs> He was just, like, he was thinking, like, give me a name. Like, he just wanted to <laughs> go and wipe out. But he kept his cool, and he was like, well, just let's talk about it. What's going on? Like, how, what are they doing to you? And his nephew said, uh, well, you know, for instance, <clears throat> my gay, lesbian, transgender club at school, we wanted to have our prom the same night as the straight kids' prom, and they're going to make us wait two weeks <laughs> have it, so it's just really oppressive, you know. <laughs> and my friend had to stop himself from saying, "You need to shut the <laughs> up because I don't think you know what oppressive means. If they've given you a club and a prom, that means you're not being oppressed." <laughs> it's nice to actually hear that he goes through and you know certainly is not friendly to conservatives throughout this but these moments i think are pretty telling yeah. of progressives who go through this and they build this structure where every word is offensive and everybody's a victim and then they get surprised by then it they when get it actually eaten happens. by their own yeah which i love i love that i mean it, but they've created a culture now for the kids for the for this generation that's in school right now where they can't handle anything yeah. i mean that and that's a great that's, indication yes. of it yeah I mean, they if actually, I guess, school and your own prom, and they still think they're man. being oppressed. On, you've and, got your own club, you've got yeah. your own prom, nobody's yeah. hassling you, you're not being beaten, you're not being stabbed, you're <laughs> not being called names. Right. I mean, it's the same thing that somebody who went through the 40s and 50s in this country as an African-American and, and now looks at, wait, you think that the naughty kids in the pool that were drawn on a cartoon... Is racist? racist and you're going to yeah. cry about it? Really? Pisses I mean, me it's got to be infuriating because it's not mm -hmm. uh, it's not the same struggle. That's not to say that there aren't real issues in certain places at certain times. But, I mean, we have done a great job as a society and better than most of the world uh, in solving these issues. Oh, better than all the world because nobody faces the diversity issues that we have. Yeah. No one. Yeah. There's no diversity like we have anywhere on the uh, on the globe. Tell me where it is. Yes, yeah, Finland. Uh, Finland, <laughs> Norway. Those are the those are the 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 Scandinavian countries are what the progressives always point to. Yeah. Shangri La. They're all white. All white. All white. And now that they're they're experiencing some some Middle Eastern influx, they're going to hell. It's throwing their society into a tailspin. They're all in a dither now. <laughs> I mean, come and on. Like, we, and we are like, you guys are what? Oh, you got a few people from that, are, that look different and have different yeah. cultures. Good Ooh. good luck with that. Big deal. We've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> and by the way, we like it. I mean, we like having different cultures. We like having uh, people here that influence our society in different ways. I mean, it's one of our strengths. Uh, but yeah. rarely do progressives ever recognize that. So it's kind of funny to watch. <laughs> So it we is. go through that. Yeah. Because uh, it, it can be infuriating, and especially as a conservative, when you say th something and get beat up for it when it's not what you meant at all. I'm glad someone else has experienced that.
888-727-BECK is the phone number. You know who's great? If I may just interject here real quick, because we haven't talked about him in a while, but he's awesome. Donald Trump. Oh, Donald Trump. I love him. We, yeah, he's only... we do not talk about Mr. Trump enough. No, thank yeah. you. And thank you for, for using the proper respect. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Mr. Trump um, mm-hmm. is going to make America great again. Um, and that's what we're about, because America is bad now. And it was great at one point. And, and um, he's going to make it great again, though. And I, I saw this does piss me off. I, I saw a poster from one of the protesters. It said, make, make America Mexico again. Uh. I don't I don't know what the hell is going through the minds of these people. Are you trying to win the hearts of and minds of uh, of Americans by doing that? By waving Mexican flags in our faces and saying make America Mexico again? Why? So everybody wants to leave? Yeah, where would you go? Where what the <laughs> turn it into Mexico? America That's was, where you left if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, if America was Mexico again, you'd have no place to go. You're right. Um, right. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, very But anyway, Mr. Trump is changing all that. <laughs> Thank God. Thank yeah. God he's here for us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the thing I really appreciate about uh, Mr. Trump. Can you narrow it down to one thing? or Well, if I were to name one specific, if I was gun to my head, had to name the most important and thing I'm most Gosh, proud of. hard. I don't it'd be know. Very difficult. So can I give hard. you, let me just give you a nominee. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. His charitable giving. Oh, man, that'd be right up it's huge. there. It's huge. That'd be up there. It's huge. He's um, one of his words. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so endearing when he says it's huge. Mm. <laughs> he has, uh, he promised um, to give a lot of money um, to charity. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, uh, said that. he was going to, in the past 15 years, Trump has promised to donate earnings from a wide variety of his money-making enterprises. Mm-hmm. The Apprentice, Trump Vodka, Trump University. A book, another book. If honored all those pledges to, uh, ch- uh, if he honored all those pre- pledges, Trump's gifts to charity would have topped eight point five million dollars. Now, I believe money. just one of those he said it was going to be over twenty million, um, but we're being conservative. Let's not nitpick, right? That's I, yeah. I don't. He, you know, if he gave eight million, uh, eight million dollars is a lot, even for a billionaire. That's pretty good. That's um, fine. Now, in the fifteen years, he's not quite hit that number. Which one? Twenty million or the? Well, twenty million. Yes. Okay. Also so he hasn't 8. quite. 5, also eight point five million. The round eight. Also seven million. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't give that number, but six he, and a half. Yeah, probably. Probably, probably, except less. Less than six. Now he did give millions of dollars to charity over this period. Uh, in did he? fifteen years, he gave two point eight million dollars, which two. is less than a third of the figure through a foundation set to give his money away. However, since two thousand eight. Um, he, I, he's given zero dollars to his foundation. The recent, in recent weeks, the Post tried to answer the question uh, of how much he's been giving to charities by digging up records going back into the late 80s and canvassing a wide swath of nonprofits with some connection to Trump. Mm-hmm. The research showed that Trump has a long-standing habit of promising to give to charity, but his follow-through on those promises was middling even at the beginning, in his early days as a national celebrity. Now, he did do some at the beginning. In the 1980s, he pledged to give some royalties away, or to give royalties away from his first book to fight AIDS and multiple sclerosis. Uh, but he gave less to those causes than he did to his older daughter's ballet school. <laughs> ballet post- schools are important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. ballet is very important. That's, that's why, that's why mm-hmm. again, I'm saying I admire this. 
We, we mm. remember mm-hmm. we, we were talking about admiring mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. The Washington Post contacted individually 167 different charities searching for evidence of personal gifts from Trump in the period between 2008 and May. The Post sought out charities that had some link to Trump, either because he had given uh, them his foundation's money, appeared at their charity galas, or praised them publicly. The search turned up um, one donation in that period, a 2009 gift of between $5,000 and $9,999 to the Police Athletic League of New York City. Um, Of the 167 charities reviewed by the Post, 39 declined to comment. 40 uh, others did not respond to to the Post. 77 charities had no record of receiving any personal donations at all from Donald Trump which left just 11 which acknowledged receiving the in-kind personal donation which Trump claims to be giving all the time. Of uh, those 11, 10 of those happened before 2008, uh, only one since 2008. Now, this is a guy who says he's worth $10.5 billion and has given a maximum of $9,999 uh, to charity since 2008. Um, when asked about this, the campaign said, uh, there's no way you could ever know this or understand it. That was their answer. You could understand what? How no, he, how much no. he gives to charity and how he gives it. You couldn't understand it? No. Why? Um, because you've, you're, cause you only speak Chinese? Or? No, that was not their argument. <laughs> I think what they were trying to say is he gives in ways that you... That you can't you, even you comprehend. Can't, you can't trace... He gives, it's like, uh-huh. for example, if I was, uh, if I pulled, let's say mm. I pulled up at a fire, there's a fireman's uh, car wash going on, mm-hmm. and it's $10 a car. And I just give them a hundred million dollars. You put it in the bucket. Just put it in the bucket. Right, a hundred million in cash. And and you just drop it. We might not bucket. get a receipt for that. It's in a bucket. You might not. Uh, so well, you can't, you can't cl- comprehend and that. you can't claim it. You can't understand. So you, that's it. I think what they're going for. That he just is giving. He wants to keep it quiet. I bet so that happens say. all the time. Oh my gosh. To Mr. Trump. Of course, Mr. Trump does that because he <laughs> cares <laughs> oh, about man. the um, community. Oh, good and, golly, and such. And, uh, mm-hmm. Which is which is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, another now this now you might I, I hate to some people might take that story negatively. Who? Uh, some people might say he's not living up to his promises. Oh my gosh! Sure, um, the haters, the and, Trump haters. And, yeah, right. But for those people, Trump <laughs> is already ruined. Sick. I hate I hate people who don't oh, like Donald Trump. Sick. Um, however, uh, he's not the only person being ruined in the media today. Uh, Kate Beckinsale, the lovely Kate Beckinsale. Uh, lovely is. Is, I'm cutting that one a little short. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, she uh, did not like. Does not, does not like Brexit. She says, "I'm not happy about it." I think a lot of people in the industry are not happy about it. Um, she's got a 12 million pound mansion. Yeah, 12 million pounds, from. which is probably 18 I mean, million dollars. That's and then she's nice. Yeah, um, that's so, not even one of the better pictures of her. But no, you take it. You know. Yeah, you take it. There's been worse things. Um, the uh, Nigel Farage was the guy who spoke out. Um, about he, I, there's a few different people that are seen as the leaders of this. Boris Johnson, who's the guy from uh, the former mayor of London. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nigel Farage uh, runs the UKIP, the UK Independence Party, and he was one of the guys. This is the party everyone calls xenophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Daniel Hannan, who's going to be on our show tomorrow on radio to talk about Brexit and, and the implications and why they did it. Uh, but here's Nigel Farage talking about uh, mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin and Barack Obama. Watch. So he looks a lot like me. I, yeah, more, he does. Than, more I see him is the similarities yeah, to me. Sound like you too. Yeah, you know, really. 
and, and he's always talking about how he looks and sounds like me, which is a weird topic for him to talk about. Really weird. But here's another clip of Nigel Farage talking about uh, Brexit. Well, ultimately, let me say this. Okay. Vladimir Putin behaved Putin. in a more statesmanlike manner than President Obama did in this referendum campaign. How so? Obama came to How Britain. So? Obama came to Britain and I think behaved disgracefully. Telling us we'd be at the That's back right. of the queue. I think you guys say line rather than <laughs> queue. You know, you know, treating us, treating us, America's strongest, oldest ally right. in this most extraordinary way. Vladimir Putin maintained his silence throughout the whole campaign. I'm not a fan of Vladimir Putin, uh, but you know, the Ukrainian crisis actually was sparked by the European Union saying they wanted to extend their borders to take in the Ukraine, which Putin took as being a direct threat. Now, my view on Putin and the Russians is, you know, don't poke the Russian bear with a stick. If you do, you're bound to get a response. Hmm. I mean, and people are taking that as like, he, well, he praised Vladimir Putin and bashed Obama. I mean, not really saying he's not a fan of the guy. I mean, he doesn't seem to be to have a glowing respect for him. However, he's just saying, like, at least they stayed out of our politics, uh, where Obama came in and really tried to influence the situation and got hammered. I mean, he really, I mean, he was He did influence it. Yeah, yeah maybe in the he other did. direction. Yeah, mm. I, would, I would be pretty pissed off if I were if I were a British citizen being like, wait, wait, shut up. I mean, we say this all the time when people come over here and tell us what to do. Yep. Go away, John Oliver. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, Piers Morgan, shut up. Now, if you agree with us, it's totally fine. Uh, but uh, they didn't agree with us, so we didn't I, like it. I, I'm baffled by British citizens like um, Kate Beckinsale. What? Why would you not want self-determination? Why would you not want your sovereignty? Why would you not want the British Parliament to make the decisions for the British people? Hmm. Why would? Why? And, and here's the thing that. What is your love affair with the EU that's giving you regulations that you didn't vote on? Right. It's like you, you do realize that if you have a self-determining situation, you can <clears throat> vote over and over again to adopt the regulations being foisted upon mm-hmm. you by the EU. If you don't right. like, if you like them so much, then you elect politicians vote that on will, ba- will back them up and yes. you can have all of them. You just yes. would have the choice of which ones you want and which ones you don't. I mean, you know, as far as trading deals, like you're telling me the EU doesn't want uh, British goods. They don't want to trade with Great Britain. Of course they do. Of course they do. Um, and they will be able to, I think, do a lot of that stuff anyway. It's just that Britain will have a choice this time. It won't be it won't be people in Brussels making those decisions for Britain. It is yet another indication for little Hollywood starlets to never open their mouth about politics. It just ruins you. It, 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 trust me. Don't do it anymore. I mean, Girls, Pat was once uh, a hunky do male model. And then he started talking politics. And look at me. And now look at all three of right. us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's Killed a disaster. But I, I mean, why, why do you want to ruin your fan base, for one thing? I mean, I don't, I mean, yes, they have a right to speak out. And she's, I guess, a British citizen living in America for some reason. And then she calls, you know, she says that her friends have said that the U.K. looks even more stupid than the United States does. Well, you need new friends then, because the United States doesn't look stupid to begin with. And uh, the U.K. looks pretty smart for getting out of the EU. I, I mean, but... But here they are speaking out about this stuff and and slicing their fan base in half all the time. Why? Why do they continually do it? Why? And I think it's because the agenda, the progressive agenda, means more to these people than even money. Although, 
It's hard to prove when she's living in an $18 million mansion. Right, and surely uh, promoting global warming and all of these other things, uh, you know, that, that are typical causes of the left. I mean, and, and again, I, I, I think a lot of it has to do with just being surrounded by people, everyone you deal with. Mm-hmm. is supporting the liberal agenda or the progressive agenda. And you probably just, I mean, look, the, a lot of these people, and I don't know, Kate Beckinsale, she, she seems smart, but I think that's probably just because she's British. Uh, <laughs> everybody from Great Britain seems smart. Um, but, I mean, you know, she's a Hollywood actress. She's probably not spending all that much time going through and listening to these issues and really diving into scientific reports or the, the effects of, of a free trade and uh, you know i mean like that's probably not something she's doing there's probably very few cato institute reports that cross her desk <laughs> you know uh really that's yeah. quite a bold statement that's <laughs> a bold right. statement Stu. <laughs> thank you uh wow. I, you know look that's what we do here so i mean i get it you know i mean i, I you know we see this I, for some reason we assume these people have informed viewpoints on these issues there's no reason to believe that yeah right it's very you know, true. It's not their gig yeah you know, so maybe that's all it is. And you're just surrounded by people and everybody that you know who's smart in business and smart and other things, they all agree with you. So maybe that's just where you go. I just don't, I, 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 it's hard for me to understand because what they're not saying in Britain, hey, we had a liberal country, now we have a conservative country. You can have the most, lib- you can be more liberal than the EU. It will just be your choice. Why wouldn't you want the opportunity to make your country even mega more liberal than it is now? Mm-hmm. You have a choice to do whatever you want within your own borders. Self-determination means you can choose terrible choices, choices that I would despise. Um, but you have that opportunity now. Why wouldn't you take it? Why wouldn't you take the opportunity? And I, it's a bizarre I one for me. I, I, I don't really know don't why know. you wouldn't want that. It is. I, I don't get it. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents, too. Is uh, coming up shortly. Don't go near a pool this weekend. Um, racism is abound uh, at mm. pools, and mm. it's all coming from the Red Cross. Uh, the Red Cross is one of the most hateful organizations. Hateful racist um, organizations. Yeah, and I mean, the proof is in the pudding with They're this raceful. new picture. They're hateful and racist, which makes them raceful. raceful. Mm-hmm. Here is, now this is a real story that someone saw this poster and saw it, first. at first saw it and said, um, the quote was something to the effect of, well, uh, I first thought it was like an archive from the past, so I didn't say anything. But then I saw it at another mm-hmm. pool, and I had mm-hmm. to do something. So she, the person, whoever this was, mm-hmm. tweeted this photo uh, of the actual poster that the American Red Cross made. And you see that there's multiple people identified uh, as doing things that are either cool or not cool. Um, for example, the um, the girl, the blonde girl on the left, she uh, is cool because she's just standing there waiting for the diving board. Mm-hmm. The um, apparently diving into the pool is not cool, and the African American. When child, there's a diving board, why is it not cool to dive into the pool? I don't know. Actually, is it only because he's African American that he may not dive? And I guess that's the, uh, yeah, that's okay. the accusation. Okay. 
Uh, you see um, a kid and playing with his uh, uh-huh. dad is cool. The not cool, it looks like the kid's, I don't know what he's doing, drowning I, in the middle of That's not cool to drown. No, not cool to drown. So um, now <laughs> I don't know what that is. And what's this guy? Why is he uncool? Uh, he's got a bottle, I believe. He don't have a bottle. But again, oh. he is what color? White. White. Uh, the not cool to the left of that. There's another one. There's a black white, kid and a white running kid. and a white kid, and they're both not cool. And they're both not cool. So again, so you're calling now. There's two white people who are not cool. Now the arrow on the bottom right points to the white person. It says not cool, who seems to be slipping. However, you could say that the black person is a black kid is pushing the girl into the pool. Um, I also could make uh, the case that she's slipping and she's been caught. By the mm-hmm. African American there, um, and then the upper right hand corner, uh, there's a floating whale. And why is the whale afloat? And what is he doing with a whistle? Um, I've never seen. I... Be cool. Follow the rules. That's the Red Cross whale, right? The Red Cross whale. Now take away the arrows for a second and look at everyone else who's playing. You have a woman mm-hmm. in a swimsuit uh, who is uh, sitting nicely. Who you definitely is not doing anything wrong. You'd say that she's cool. You see a white and black child right in front of them. Um, she's a mother, obviously, watching intently uh, to see them. They're doing nothing wrong. They would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the bottom uh, of the page, you see a white and black, you know, let's say, teenager. They're playing together. They seem to be having a great time. They're nothing, doing nothing wrong. Um, and you see, by the way, in the uh, lifeguard chair on the right, you see this, uh, well, that, which is a one of the authority figures at the pool is a black uh, lifeguard who is over uh, looking over the pool and, and telling someone, hey, make sure you don't screw up, it seems like. Um, none of, like mm. I, You have to be a freaking detective to see something racist in here. Yeah. And you'd be wrong. Stupid. You have to be Alex Jones. I mean, it's Alex Jones level paranoia mm-hmm. to say that there is racism in this thing. There's nothing racist about it. There's plenty of black kids doing things that are completely fine. Um, and, uh, you know, it's bizarre I did do a quick um, fix of this to help the Red Cross uh, because I could see that they need to fix this. They've actually re- pulled this um, poster back, and they're saying they're going to come up with new materials that are going to help the situation. Uh, and so I did it for them just to save them a little bit of time. Here it is. If you see here now, uh, the white people are all bad things. Uh, like, for example, the two kids running, you see racist and you see uh, running from racist. That's the new label. Uh, you see the woman in the bathing suit is, is the first minority transgendered astronaut, which you might not have known. That's really cool. Um, the white kid there with the beer, uh, well, he's furthering rape culture. The whale is an interesting mm-hmm. one because the, it is a whale of color, uh, which is cool. But the white side of the whale, not cool. Not cool. Not cool. Uh, if you kind of go down, you'll see one black child who will die early due to global warming. That's not cool. Um, this woman mm. who's floating uh, was, is actually dead, was murdered by a white man. Uh, the black lifeguard is saying minorities are number one. Uh, and, and it's true. They are. Mm-hmm. Um, this father here is not a father at all. He's kidnapping this baby. But the baby is a future Hitler. So that's important. Mm-hmm. This white kid is peeing um, in the pool <laughs> currently as you watch it. Um, this girl on the bottom right is drunk. She's slipping while the wonderful African-American is catching the white person. Um, the black child that's playing the teenager there eventually cures cancer. He grows up to cure cancer, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, this, uh, she, well, it, doesn't, it looks like she's swimming, but actually she's holding a head of a minority child under the water, uh, <laughs> attempting to 
to, to kill, kill her. To um, kill a child. Chill the, wow. Kill a child. Uh, the kid diving in is not diving in because it's fun. He's kind of having to save a child, a white per child probably, uh, probably. who's drowning. Yeah. Uh, this girl on the left, she's just just a bimbo. <laughs> um, and then up in the upper left-hand corner uh, is important. This lifeguard, just a douche. He's just he's just a douche. Uh, you can uh, get this uh, at my Facebook page and uh, share it with all uh, of your friends, uh, so they know what, what the real pool is like. This is what a real community pool is like, Pat. And mm. uh, you know, Red Cross, I hope, takes my advice and sends this out to pools all across America. Me too, because to show the evil of, of white. Yeah. Finally, right. People will learn that white people are evil, and not just Jeffy. Right. But all, all white people. Well, there's, I mean, there's an entitlement thing with white people, right? There's uh, the white privilege. White privilege is prevalent here, and that's why that kid is peeing in the pool because he thinks it's his, uh, it's his privilege to do that. Yeah, sometimes you get, you know, you gotta let it fly, right, Jeffy? I mean, this is the first I've heard that you're not allowed to pee in a pool. So that rule cannot be true. I am not inviting you over to my place, just so you're aware. Uh, that's not. I mean, they, they put chemicals in the water and stuff. What, what do they do that for if they don't? If you're not allowed that's to pee not, in the pool? No, it's not for pee. Stupid. Okay. All right. Uh, from Business Insider, uh, some states are taking gun control laws into their own hands with federal gun legislation caught in uh, congressional gridlock. No, it, it's actually caught in constitutional gridlock. And there's a constitution that says you can't... <laughs> I think it was uh, David Harsani was calling this the Fifth Amendment loophole. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh-huh. Uh, Hawaii's governor signed, signed a bill on Thursday that will make his state the first to put its gun owners in a federal criminal record database. The uh, system FBI's Wrap Back Service will notify Hawaiian law enforcement when a Hawaiian firearm owner or applicant is arrested anywhere in the country. So police can evaluate whether the owner may continue to legally own the weapon or not. Um, Hawaii took uh, The Hawaii law took effect immediately, same day Democrats staged their fabulous uh, little sit-in. Uh, it's important to recognize that while we have seen a stalemate at the federal level in Congress since Newtown, We've seen significant reform at the state level. About half of Americans live in states that we uh, that have reformed their gun laws since Newtown. Hmm. Uh, six, six states have expanded background checks. Hmm. Uh, others, including Texas, Kansas, and Arkansas, so, have expanded gun rights. Interesting. This is an interesting approach, isn't yes, it? it is. Because it's what they're doing here is they have a constitutional issue, and Congress can't get anything done with it. So what they're doing is at the state level. Mm-hmm. Um, with friendly populations, with friendly politicians, um, doing things to minimize the impact of something they don't like. Hmm. Huh. What else have they... Hmm. This is, it's reminding me of an earlier segment on this very program. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, um, I don't know, they complained about the same thing being done about abortion laws. Yeah, and here's the difference. Um, there is a slight one. Yeah, there, one's constitutional, the other's not. Uh, one is specifically spelled out in the Constitution that the, those the, rights may not be infringed. The right to bear arms. May um, not be infringed. Another thing that's spelled out pretty clearly in the Constitution is the right to life. Yes. Huh. Yes, it is. Well, huh. look, look, the uh, Hawaii uh, <clears throat> Attorney General's office uh, said, look, uh, right, you have to register when you come into the state, but uh, any carrying weapon-carrying visitor should be able to petition for removal from the national database after leaving the state. So 
Good luck, God bless. Mm-hmm. You should be able to. <clears throat> Isn't there some mental share. health uh, yes, thing there on is. this, too? And there's also, and uh, my favorite is uh, uh, from Hawaii State Senator Will Aspiro, uh, who co-authored, look, we've got it, this is, look, I own a gun, too, uh, the senator said. This is common sense legislation. Of course it is. It always that is. It doesn't mm-hmm. hurt anyone. No. It's Maybe not about is... the Second Amendment. They love the Second Amendment. They they're, they're all about the Second Amendment. In, in fact, they wrote the Second Amendment um, uh, through osmosis back. Uh, they, they actually jetted back in time, in their mind, mm-hmm. to osmosisly uh, put it in the minds of our founding fathers like... Governor Morris and James Madison, who, who wrote the Constitution, and they actually wrote it in there. That's how much they love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just want some common sense legislation. Common sense. Care. Maybe we should do the same thing with abortion. Then just be like, look, I've had like fifteen abortions, but I mean, I just want some common sense measures. We should uh, do that. In place. We should take their lead on I'm these things. Huge it me fan out of, my mind. of abortion. Um, it's great. Right. Um, but the thing is, you know, I think there should be common some sense. common sense mm-hmm. stuff. Like you to should save be able lives. to save lives. Have a, have a hospital nearby with admitting privileges. You got to have that. Uh, you that know, but I, look, I mean, I have abortions weekly. I mean, I, I'm going to have like, thousands of abortions I've had. They're great. They're a great thing. And I believe hardcore in abortion. But, you know, you got to have a couple of rules. I mean, these are common sense. I mean, measures. common sense things. Yeah. So that not everyone is aborted. Right. right? Well, I mean, I don't mind if everyone's aborted. I just want it done safely. Okay. Right. Yeah, right. the two other firearm bills uh, that they signed into uh, in Hawaii was the convictions of stalking and sexual assault. Okay. Uh, among the criminal offenses, disqualifying a person from now that's ownership. if you're convicted, though, right? Correct. Okay, so and then the other requires firearm owners to surrender their weapons if, if diagnosed with a mental, behavioral, or emotional disorder. Wow. Uh, that's dangerous, man. Yeah, that's I mean, obviously that's a wide dangerous. open, vague statute that you could say is anyway. right. Right. I mean, there are times, it's funny, too, because the people pushing these, I mean, there were times in this country where being gay was known as a, or thought to be a, uh, a disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times when, uh, when very basic things, um, like what we now call ADHD and autism, were seen as things that shouldn't even, you shouldn't even be allowed out of cages they put people in freaking buildings that were essentially cages for, for a long time for basic things that today a lot of people live with. Um, not to mention things like ADHD, uh, or excuse me, PTSD, which is something that a lot of our soldiers have had to deal with. What and, about Jeffyism? Uh, well, I mean, I mean well, no. Cuts what about Jeffy? No, no guys for Jeffy. No. So. Well, that is a big part of his condition, but I... <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Well, first of all, uh, I'm pretty sure that they're saying diagnosed, so that's from... A physician, that means mm-hmm. you're getting prescription medication. I'm good. You're good with prescriptions, medication? <laughs> I'm not getting it prescribed, <laughs> tell you that. Do you have a... I picture Jeffy, like, going home at night, opening up a big, like, floor-to-ceiling cabinet you'd see in a big oh. office building, and it's just filled with different doctors' prescriptions pads, prescription pads, where now you can just you fill are, stuff out. You are talking a dream of mine mm. for... Triple eight seven two seven back more patents. Wow, Stu. I, mean, I hope you, tr- you, you treat yourself on vacation, Jeffy. Hey, go for it a little bit, you know. Let loose. Write some of those out for yourself. Mm-hmm.
All right, Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven back. Uh, so uh, the YouTube channel now you see it uh, has a new video out. The Anatomy of a Campaign Ad. Check it out. Okay, I will. And it looks a little something. Here's a more contemporary montage with two people shooting up heroin. Okay. Play it. We didn't actually see anyone do the drug, but the assembly of the images told the story for us. Now we have a close-up. Then we show what he sees. Let's assume he saw a woman holding a baby in her arms. Mm -hmm. Now we cut back to his reaction to what he sees. And he smiles. Now what is he as a character? He's a kindly man. He's sympathetic. So let's see how campaign ads do it. The world a president has to grapple with. Sometimes you can't even imagine. That's the job. And she's the one who's proven she can get it done. Securing a massive reduction in nuclear weapons. In Hillary Clinton's New World campaign ad, we cut from the White House and its long white pillars to Hillary Clinton walking in front of more long white pillars, to her walking off a plane, to her talking with Vladimir Putin. Now, these editors have thousands and thousands of pictures of Hillary Clinton to choose from for this commercial. It is no coincidence that they chose an image of the White House and then three clips of common activities and locations we associate with presidents. The walking by the White House pillars, the leaving Air Force One, the talking with other world leaders, all reinforced with the use of the phrase, that's the job. These editors are using a montage of images to make us imagine Hillary Clinton as president. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's pretty right. obvious, but it is yeah. interesting the way that they kind of, they, they put that stuff together. There's so much that goes into that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they really do micromanage each part of it, which is one of the things that's been criticized about the Trump campaign and that he doesn't think any of this stuff matters. And he isn't, you know, it's one thing to not think it matters. It's another thing to not know what it is. I think that's the that's the line Trump is having problems with, and is why he had to get rid of mm -hmm. Lewandowski and why he's trying to professionalize his campaign. It's you know, Glenn always used to say this about radio, which is it's fine to break rules, but you need to know the rules and why they exist first before you break them. Just breaking mm -hmm. them, there's no art in that. You have to understand what they are, why they're there, why people believe they work, and then you can find ways to try to break them and move the lines. But to just come in and just you know pull a Jeffy and just start walking, you know, walking through walls and knocking things over, you know, that's not, it's not the way to do it, uh, successfully at least, and as, uh, there's evidence of it. Look at that. I mean, look at that thing. <laughs> and, and Trump is on his way, too, because he hired uh, the former uh, Ted Cruz uh, staffer yep. for his communication guy. Uh, who had to delete a bunch of tweets uh, before he was hired. Uh, oh, I oh boy! That. Oh, yeah. uh, I was a lot of uh, Trump's. You know, a lot of criticism of Trump was on his Twitter page until until he got hired. Then now there's no. Uh, how do you do that? I mean, how do you, I don't know, man. I, don't know. I mean, it's politics, right? I mean, look, everybody that Ted Cruz hired isn't a Ted Cruz loyalist, right? Like, they're just a lot of them are just people who are working for his campaign. I guess, but that's just what we hate. Yeah, that is what exactly we, what we is, hate. Because we actually care, um, yeah. and a lot of these guys, you know, there's also a an industry around these people, and they don't care. They don't care who wins. Uh, they, they don't care. They clearly don't care. Yeah. They clearly don't. Um, here is a second part of that. Okay. I'm excited. Now, let's take the middle piece of film away, the woman with the child, but leave his two pieces of film as they were. Now we'll put in uh, a piece of film of a girl in a bikini. He looks, girl in a bikini, he smiles. What is he now? A dirty old man. Mm -hmm. He's no longer the benign gentleman who loves babies. That's the film. that's what film can do for you. We are at war, not just abroad, but here at home. 
With the clear and present threat of radical Islamic terrorism on the march, we must secure our borders. But Washington continues to fail us with groups like the Gang of Eight that support amnesty and allow sanctuary cities. This video shows radical terrorists and illegal immigrants in a menacing dark green tint, followed by the Capitol in front of a thunderstorm, followed by Marco Rubio. This montage, along with the tint and grainy found footage look, cinematically associates Marco Rubio with something Americans fear the most, terrorism. The montage manipulates the audience to see Rubio and his policies as terrorist-friendly. What immediately follows is Ted Cruz in bright, saturated light speaking in front of a large crowd, serving as a metaphorical savior to Marco Rubio in the first half of the commercial. America needs Ted Cruz, yeah. <laughs> the one proven conservative for president. Yeah, they do. And they do. Uh, that they has do. worked on me. I now like, I like Ted Cruz. I think he should be president. You didn't like him before. No, I liked, now you uh, saw that. And I now liked you like Rainy him. Marco Rubio before that. You know, you should show uh, the people that uh, put together your show that, so they, you know, so they, you know, maybe, maybe learn something. That's I mean, all. why are you? I, I just thinking. That's all. Go, go ahead. Okay. Well, I will. Um, so here is uh, <laughs> that's it's kind of interesting that stuff is, of how uh, I mean, it's you sort of know it by watching. Yeah. They do these things, oh, yeah. but I mean, it, it is amazing how much thought goes into it. Um, speaking of that, uh, Jeffy was just uh, letting us know that apparently um, he believes the moon landing conspiracy, uh, which is not a surprise. Um, and you went to look into this. Believe where? the moon landing conspiracy? Yes. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh! Please stop it. <clears throat> of course, we didn't land on the moon. Well, what about? <laughs> you know what? If you want proof, I'll tell you what you do. You okay. go to Cape Canaveral. Yeah. Well, I lived in Florida right. forever. You go over to Cape Canaveral, walk away from Cape Canaveral, and tell me that we walked on the moon. You can't. Why? What's going on you at Cape oh, Canaveral? Full that lies. You need to know. Wait, so you're, wait, I just want to make sure your argument really? is that you lived in the state where Cape Canaveral is for years. And I, that's right. Walk, walk, and you I've went there. there. Been How many times? I've been there. You've been there <laughs> once. And Have you actually even been to Cape Canaveral? <laughs> Yes. Have you walked around Cape Canaveral? Yes. And at, when you were at Cape Canaveral this one time, well, I have. Well, this so one, can... this one time, your your argument essentially is. I can only take one time. First of all, if we're going to be honest, yeah, let's be honest. Can okay, I let's can only be honest. take one time. <laughs> but, but what was not... your takeaway actually from Cape Canaveral? Um, it, yes, but again, I I would say that you're not actually saying what you've taken from this. No, he's not. So I, it just couldn't happen. But BuzzFeed <laughs> attempted a recreation of the '69 moon landing using technology that would have been available back then. Okay, let's uh, take a look. Let's see. There's lots and lots of people who still believe that the moon landing didn't actually happen, and I kind of feel uh, like we should get to the bottom of this and see if we can recreate the moon landing. Then maybe there's a possibility that that could have actually been done on a sound stage back in 1969. Hey, Ricky, I think you want to move like you're in jello. Like you're in in slow motion, kind of. Come on. Yeah. It just takes a second. I'm not sure it's frozen. Yeah, that's good. I mean, they're trying to make a joke. Of it. It's not a joke. It, yeah. was a, it was a big farce pulled up. <laughs> no, they're, they're putting it together. Okay, here comes right in post-production. Positing using digital versions of the same techniques that would have been available to filmmakers at the time. That computer is not available. To no, no way. That looks pretty good. 
Yes, indeed. They've got the flag up now, and you can see the stars and stripes. Pretty close, Jeffy. I'm with you now, I think. You've won me over. BuzzFeed has won me over. That and your great argument about Cape Canaveral. Have you been to Cape Canaveral, Stu? I, I haven't, but you haven't okay. given us any information been about the what Johnson you discovered. Space Center in Houston? I have, yes. Several Stu? Uh, not. No. Yeah. Yeah. Go. All right. <laughs> then come back and tell me. Oh, Jeffy, you I, I went, and I'm coming back and telling you, Jeffy, we went to the moon. More patents do coming up. My God, did they fool you, Ben. <laughs> so now that you he's bought into the lies. hit the things you gave him, you're now just doubling down again. All right. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is the uh, phone number. Welcome to Pat and Stu. Uh, this is kind of an interesting graphic. Uh, a lot of people think, well, if you just get rid of cars, then uh, then everything's going to be fine uh, because we'll have we won't use any oil and global warming will be solved. Uh, check out this tweet. Uh, this is a graphic from some uh, oil company or whatever. I don't know these evil oil companies. Uh, life without oil. Um, the bigger picture, uh, not as simple as you might think. 46% of oil goes to making gasoline, but what makes up the other 54%? Yeah. If you kind of scroll down to see the bottom there, uh, it gives you the modern answer. modern petrotechnology. Medicine, cosmetics, plastics, synthetic rubber, cleaning products, and, you know, the roads you freaking drive on <laughs> with the cars that use the gas, asphalt. Um, and then look, look at that list at the bottom. Uh, it Amazing. is uh, really long. We talked about Wonderful World of Stew uh, this past week about global warming. And this is a story nobody covered. It has to do with China, which I know is a favorite word of all of our politicians these days. But if you want to know the facts about China and and global warming, you need to see this. Watch. Imagine you're a TV executive. You put a show on the air called TMI that promises to give too much information about Jeff. I mean, more information than you could possibly want. There's a big debate about whether that's a good idea, but you put it on anyway. And the audience goes crazy. It goes up by 600 million people. Victory is yours. You made the right call. And now it's time to take additional action. You add Ann Jeffy to every show on the network. Dana and Jeffy. Tommy and Jeffy. And Glenn and... Actually, Jeffy and Glenn. And you raise Jeffy's salary by 10,000 times. To $10,000 a year. This series of events makes sense to you. You had a strong belief in Jeffy. Your information backed up that belief, and now you've taken strong action to back up your initial assumptions. The problem? Jeffy is the one that sent you the ratings information. And as Jeffy typically does, he lied. Nobody watched his show. It was the least popular show in the history of shows, dating back to the invention of shows. Somehow, a negative amount of people actually watch the show. Which brings us now to global warming. For years, we've been stuck in this endless debate as to whether the science is right. Obviously, that's a fundamental part of the equation, but it's not all of the equation. In fact, it makes no difference whether the science is right if the information that leads you to take action is false. This is what has happened in China. In an almost completely ignored development, China announced that they have misstated how much coal they've been using. Everybody makes an oopsie once in a while, right? Now, this oopsie is a pretty big one. 
they have been burning up to 17 percent more coal per year than they had previously told us. Now, 17 percent doesn't sound that bad, does it? Well, that little mistake accounts for 600 million tons of CO2, the equivalent of more than 70 percent of all the coal used in the United States and more than the entire economy of Germany puts out in a year. Think about that. We're not talking about the total amount of coal China uses. This is just one tiny, teeny weeny mistake from one country, from one type of fuel, and it's more than the unquestioned economic engine of the continent of Europe. But that's just one year. The whoopsies go back to at least the year 2000. The total screw-up is in the neighborhood of 3 billion metric tons. I hate to break it to you, but your hybrid isn't going to help this situation. To wipe out this one Chinese error, you would have to double the fuel efficiency of 2 billion cars. Couple problems with that plan, however. It's really hard to double the fuel efficiency of a car. It's 2 billion times harder to double the fuel efficiency of 2 billion cars. 2 billion cars is 800 million more cars than exist on Earth. And even if you accomplish this impossible feat, you would still only wipe out one-third of the Chinese error. This shows how ridiculous this global warming discussion is. Even if the science is perfect, we can't have any certainty of the future because we're sitting here trusting the word of a communist country with absolutely no incentive to report their numbers accurately. Just as China is famous for overestimating their economic numbers, they are underestimating their global warming numbers. Who could possibly be surprised by this? Thank God there was an independent bunch of journalists who were able to discover the truth. Well, maybe not. The correction, quote, appeared recently in an energy statistics yearbook published without fanfare by China's statistical agency. That's right. Even the new freaking numbers came from the same crappy source as the old crappy numbers. It's like you realize the ratings Jeffy sent you were wrong, but the corrected numbers also came from Jeffy. Why would you trust the new numbers? Why would you trust the old numbers? Why would you trust any country's numbers? Even Volkswagen lied about their emissions totals and got away with it for years without anyone noticing despite operating in an industry that is heavily regulated by the government. If you're China, why wouldn't you lie about how much invisible gas you're putting into the atmosphere? This brings us to the most important point. All the climate models used to predict doom are depending on information from crazy dictators with no incentive to tell anyone the truth about anything. Garbage in, garbage out. It's no surprise computer models have been overestimating the warming since all this started. God only knows how many of these types of errors we don't know about yet. So where exactly did all that extra CO2 go? Quote, researchers will want to understand where the extra carbon dioxide output ended up. They will want to understand? Like, in the future? They don't even want to understand yet? At what point can we expect them to acquire the will to understand? 
It's amazing. They didn't even know this was happening. They don't know how it affects their models, and they don't know where the CO2 went. This is the consensus we've heard so much about. So to review, China underestimated the amount of CO2 they were emitting, but on the upside, they only missed by the entire country of Germany. <laughs> Oops. When it comes to global warming models, if you can't depend on the inputs, you can't depend on the outputs. And no one emits more natural gas than Jeffrey.